You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 57. Today on the show, I am joined by Tim Morrison. And Tim is an amazing multi-instrumentalist. And when I say amazing, wait till you see how I share this with you in this episode with Tim. He's also a shamanic healer who is nationally and internationally recognized as a very potent ceremonialist. He puts together the most amazing cacao ceremonies and he offers shamanic sacred sound immersions using ceremonial grade cacao, breath and sacred sound. He is all about personal growth and spiritual evolution and he guides and takes people through immersions where he blends together earth wisdom with the cosmic consciousness. It sounds amazing right? So in this episode, Tim and I delve into lots of good and juicy topics around plant medicine, connecting with Mother Earth, living at one with Mother Earth. We talk about cacao ceremonies, what a cacao ceremony actually is, the differences between normal cacao and ceremonial grade cacao, because I think that's really important to know. We also talk a lot about what a shamanic healer is. And if you wanted to work with one, what is it that they do? And we get into a really great topic where we talk about how women um, can support their men and men can support their women. Not to mention, I ask him a really good question at the end about what he wished he knew about menstrual cycles when he was a young man that he now knows. So wait till you hear all about that. You're going to have to listen to the whole podcast episode. We also talk about in the episode a lot about what's going on in the world at the moment around the changing shift of consciousness along with a lot of people in lockdown and isolation and how you can actually benefit your health and your consciousness and your self-connection and use this time to support your own growth. Timmy shares some amazing tips and tools around this and there's lots of great links in the show notes to support you too. Before we jump into it, I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. Well Women Academy is a weekly membership where together we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only, self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, video, audio, and guided home study. Led by myself and other pioneering guest teachers, together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and lots more. This is your chance to join an international supportive community of women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's like no other in the world. Not to mention, it's cheaper than your daily coffee fix. Learn more and join us at wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's W-E-L-L. S-O-M-E.com forward slash academy. Timmy, welcome to the show. Hey, Jim, how you doing? I'm very well, thanks. How are you going over in Perth? Yeah, doing well in um, dealing with all the isolation kind <laughs> of stuff and how that's looking at the moment. But yeah, it hasn't affected us too much because both my partner and, and I, we both work from home already. So um yeah it's just navigating a few different things but yeah doing well i've been seeing so many memes floating around about the fact that you know partnerships between partners whether you're in a heterosexual relationship or not people are just starting to get really disrupted in their relationships because they're spending so much extra time together where they wouldn't normally spend but for you guys you and sammy you both work at home already so um it's such a beautiful thing but i i say hands up high for love when you are work able to work from home with your partner and it works because for a lot yeah. of people it doesn't work right yeah definitely mm. like we both go, still go through our shit together as well and even in this um this period that we're in right now like this whole coronavirus that's come through is bringing up to the surface so much deep suppressed shit that has been there the whole time but it's just you know we're all just being given the space to be able to do that one thing that I've noticed is because we're all becoming isolated and becoming like more just by ourselves in our own home, we're not um, 
been influenced by other people's energies so much in like a physical distance type of thing. So you're, you're really just coming completely back into yourself and, you know, it's really highlighting what's there for you. And, and if you don't have a partner that you live with, it will really highlight like how much you crave physical touch or how much you um, look for external um, external things to fill yourself up and it's a, an amazing time to really look within to see what is lying within the um beneath the surface once all that dust settles mm-hmm. and you know so many of us don't actually like to just sit by ourselves and now we're kind of being forced to or invited to do that so yeah you know that all kind of comes up and um and even like knowing that you can't go, even though we like work by ourselves, we work together and we work at home together, even knowing that we, you know, can't go out, it still brings up, you know, different things for us. And we both, you know, for myself, I've definitely gone through different parts of fear and, and things like that. And this um, uncertainty and like um, about a week or maybe 10 days ago, I got sucked into going into the, the rabbit hole of everything that's been <laughs> happening and I had to like pull myself out because I couldn't keep my head up above water. And it's, it's just like, you know, times like this that we really need to <clears throat> come into our, the tools that we've been given, our own spiritual practices and daily practices to, to stay centered and, and grounded in these times. But um, yeah, if you are at home with your partner and, um, you know, this is an opportunity to really lean into what's there. And I feel, I feel for those people that might have just become into a relationship and might have just moved in together and all of a sudden they just can't get out and they're just like stuck in this vortex and you're just in the fucking fire of your own relational growth and transformation. And, you know, like it's time to lean into all of that and be witness and be present to everything that that comes up into that and all the projections or the blames and you know point that finger win- inwards and it's time see, for extravagant growth i um see what's there right oh it's so interesting it's i always say say to me that you know relationships bring out the the stuff in us that we can't bring out on our own and yeah quite often, even I'm seeing this in the Well Women Academy and the community, the program that I run and I teach that a lot of women are starting to already go stir crazy. Like, okay, I'm working from home. I'm eating at home. I'm exercising at home. How can I like get my head out of a funk? And the, the analogy I, I keep giving this before we jump into all this juicy topic and content we have for today, but is it's like when you get caught in a rip in the ocean, you either start swimming and panicking and you try to like literally dig into the water to gasp air and you're like, (gasps) like really suffering to get the air or you allow yourself to sit and calm, breathe and let the rip take you out and allow it to actually nurture you through the journey. And Mm. I keep thinking that this is just, excuse the language, everyone listening, but this is just like a fucking rip (laughs) and you just have to, don't swim against the like don't swim against it just allow nature to literally guide you through the turbulence um Mm. and having support's really important for that but you made some really good points yeah i feel that i feel Mm. that um i just realized that um, my mic's gone through my looper and it had an effect on it so if there was like some like echoey sounds it was that that was coming through but um yeah, but I, I just thought that was your voice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I feel you though, like coming in, like like you said, with a rip, just coming in and just like a, just surrendering into the process and allowing that higher part of ourselves to be guided to to what's there for us to to move through it. And I feel like at the moment, like we're in this time of adaptability and evolution, and the ones that are able to pivot and shift and adapt and change how everything's moving and shifting are the ones that are going to be, you know, moving forward a lot more um, in these times. And it's like, are we able to loosen the grips of everything that we've created to let it go to what may be formed and created within this time? And, um, you know, in times of crisis, we really see people's true color as well. Mm. And what's, beneath the surface will always rise up. Like if you've been in greed or if you're, you're a greedy person, that will rise up. If you're being in scarcity and fear your whole life and you even might pretend on the surface that you're, um, that you're abundant in times of crisis, that will rise up into the surface, you know? And if you're a really giving person, 
and you're there to serve everyone, that will come up, up even more in times of crisis. And it's not to like point the finger and be like, oh, you're a shit person because you're being greedy. At a point in time, being greedy might have served you, might have you know, allowed you to keep what's yours. But, you know, these are you know, the times that we need to look within and be like, shit, well, how can I shift and change to, you know, grow within these times and, um, and move forwards, you know? And you said before about how, you know, we've been told we have to <laughs> isolate, but what if it really is an invitation to sit with ourselves? As you said, they're your words. I typed them out so I could read them back to you. <laughs> Just so you know, you yeah. said that. Um, but it's such that it's a really great highlighted point that what if this is an invitation to really sit with ourselves and work through some things that we may never in our lifetimes have an opportunity to work through. And with your work as a shamanic healer, I'm sure you've got some insights onto that, but for those who are listening, who are like, what's a shaman or what's a shamanic healer, what does a shamanic healer do? And I know there's probably lots of people listening who have never even had an experience to listen to the amazing, like multi-instrumental musician that you are. Um, recently I went to one of Timmy and Sammy's cacao ceremonies here on the Gold Coast. And afterwards I went up and gave Timmy a big hug and I was like, dude, you need to like have a Spotify where you make your own music and put it out there. Cause it's so transformative and it really is moving. And I love how you move it all together and it blends so harmoniously, but what is a shamanic healer and why do you do these cacao ceremonies and where did they come from? So lots of questions all in one. So let's start with shamanic healer. Yeah, so in my view, there's um, being a shamanic healer works in many different realms, connects to the to the star people, to the cosmos, to um, to the earth, and can channel. becomes like a like a, a conduit for what's to come through, and and provides healing, provides insight, and provides um, empowerment into people, and works a lot in the um, there's multiple fields of reality. Um, and realms within this space or happening at the same time. And um, for myself, I'm able to cross between these, these time spaces and realities to bring forth what needs to come in and um, gifts that were working up within me, like the ability to see into people and to um, feel into people and know exactly what they need to move them through or to heal or to extract or to give more power in. Um, and there's many different realms, you know, like there's people that work a lot with um, like entities or, or elemental beings, or you could work, um, you know, more with like the spirit or you could more work with the earth or you might work more with just the water. Um, and there's so many different various um, aspects to being a shamanic healer. And um, a big thing for me is, you know, like I didn't specifically choose to be this, to be this person. This was um, like a shocking um, shamanic awakening that I, that I received. Um, you didn't just wake up one day and be like, you know what? Yeah. I think I'm going to become a shamanic healer. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really good. I think I'm going to yeah. do that. I was, um, I was blasted into it and it was one of the most um, craziest times of my life when it, all kind of opened up um, for me. And, you know, at the time I thought I was going crazy and I was just blessed. Like my mum's a very, very powerful shamanic healer and she went through something similar around the same age and she was able to help guide me through it. Um, but this this period of that it went through was maybe about four or five, maybe six months of it and in and out of altered states of consciousness and um, like hearing people's thoughts and um, replying back to them and, them just being like what the fuck like i didn't say anything but you know, that's what i was thinking and um yeah crazy things like seeing spirits seeing energy and receiving things in my dreams and being in multiple dreams at the same time and like my spirit jumping out of my body into other things and just just crazy crazy times and um yeah <laughs> but it was amazing you know and that's like that's why I'm able to do what I do now was because of that. But at that time I didn't, I wasn't really like, Oh yeah, fuck you. Yeah, I want to be able to do this. It was just boom. It was just given to me and, and working up and in, into me. And, um, during this period, like my whole body got ripped apart. I was like in so much physical pain, um, like this, uh, 
autoimmune disease was manifested into me and like I was I was really fucked like my my doctor at the time told me I should have been in a coma and she couldn't believe that I was like functioning how I was and um it was crazy the things that were happening and but you know it's just like this this voice just kept telling me that I was being ripped apart to be put back together for how spirit wants me to be so then I can serve how I'm meant to serve um yeah and so the kick-out ceremony <laughs> thanks mum hands up like literally hands <laughs> up to mums because like your case is very different to my like even my case with my mum but man they do a great job so thanks mum thanks mums yeah. doing it horn it mm-hmm. down they are and so with the cacao ceremonies um i was in a um i had this vision of of these ceremonies um about a 18 months before it actually kind of came into fruition um, when I was doing some work in the jungle um, with some other plant medicines. And then I was in somebody else's ceremony, somebody else's cacao ceremony. And then the spirit of cacao came into my body and she said, um, now is the time for you to serve into your community and I will guide you on exactly how I wanted to do that. And she was very, very, clear that she wanted me to journey people in a very um, inward state um, with sound and some breath to open them up and then to, to, to guide people and journey them with the sound. Um, and so I just listened and I just created what she was teaching me. Um, and it just kind of formed from there and it's become what it is now. And since the moment that we started, like every single one, has sold out to the point that like it's just grown and grown and grown and become this amazing um ceremony to be able to you know now we travel around australia serving it which is absolutely incredible and she was wanting me to help people come back into the hearts um she wanted me to cleanse and clear to open to to activate and to bring people back into a state of remembrance back into the truth of of who they are and yeah, that's kind of the short, short version of that. Of how that people who are listening thinking, so how does that happen just drinking cacao? Cacao that you buy at the bulk food store or at the supermarket in a bag that says cacao powder is very different to the ceremonial yeah. grade cacao, right? Won't cut it, nah. <laughs> so what, are the, like, what are the differences between the two just as a highlighting point for those listening? Okay, so there's a couple of key points for ceremonial grade cacao compared to you know, other cacao. One, it comes from a native strain of cacao. Um, two is the processes that the cacao goes through. Um, three is the way that it is um, like farmed and, and seeded. So from the moment that it's been put into the ground to the moment that it's cultivated and, and um, put into its basic process, it's just formed. And it's a lot of like hand, a lot of love, a lot of intention put into that. Um, and not all cacao is created the same in terms of like um, cacao powder or, or even like cacao liquor that you might see in other places. And the, the main, or not the main, but another difference is like cacao powder has been um, processed a lot more and it gets heated to a point that they can separate the fat of the cacao to the, what you see is the powder. And so it's actually been separated. Um, the like cacao powder that you'd normally put into your smoothies or that you would, you know, you would see at the shops. Um, whereas the ceremonial cacao is um, still intact. Like the it's whole still, form. It's still formed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it hasn't gone through so much like, um, mechanical processing, mm. if that makes sense. So the, like yeah. the, the less kind of, of that frequency that goes in, the better. And, um, and then also what I feel is, is people that are giving back to the farmers as well, that are giving back to the, the people of those lands that are cultivating it too. I see that as what brings it more ceremoniously to it because, you know, we need to be able to give back more than what we receive Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's so beautiful, Tim. I think of it in the sense of it's closer to nature. Mm. Yeah. So you're, you're drinking something that's closer to nature. And people ask me, what's the best food to eat? I'm always like, eat as close to nature as possible. And yeah. ceremonial grey cacao, I kind of see it as just having cacao that's closest to nature. And 
it's, um, it's Earth's wisdom, which is interesting because you talk a lot about Earth wisdom and working in Earth wisdom with Earth wisdom. What is Earth wisdom? Is that like the stuff that you can't see that's wise out there? Like what is Earth wisdom? Earth wisdom, you know, comes from the, the elementals, the, the energy of the Earth. And there's, there's people that are, that are keepers of the Earth wisdom as well. And you they're the first nation people, the indigenous the Aboriginals that, you know, whatever country you're sitting on, there's first nations there. And I highly suggest that no matter where you are in the world is to connect with the indigenous of that land or the first nation people of that land and learn about their culture, learn about where they come from, um, learn about what they have to, to offer because that's been in their in their culture for generations and generations. And there's so much wisdom to learn. And um, we're very blessed here. Um, my mum has worked with the, the Aboriginals here for, you know, quite a few years and to connect with the, the elders um, where we are is, is been amazing. It's been an integral part of, of my journey as well. Um, and to, you know, ask permission to, to be able to hold ceremony where we are in Perth and to, you know, to be able to play like the didgeridoo, which is, um, like a native instrument for them. You it's, do it, it so well. Yeah. And to, you know, like I learned from a, um, an, an indigenous, Yidaki, always the normal term is Yidaki, um, a Yidaki healer here in Perth. And um, he said to my mama, I think I can really help your son out. And I couldn't circular breathe. And I went and saw him and he was just like, oh, show me what you got. And he's like, oh, your mum said you wanted to learn, you know, the spiritual side of the Dij and the healing side of the Dij. Like I'll tell you a few things, but you've got to keep it to yourself that you can't, that's not for you to share and so it was all good and then he um started dig around my throat and like keep in mind like i've been trying to circular dig uh circular breathe for years and years and i could never get it and like like one moment with this guy and he started to dig around my throat dig around my head and dig around like my aura my energetic field and like within five minutes i could circular breathe and i felt like my um my spirit needed like the grace to be able to you know mm play such a sacred instrument saying that's been within them for so long. And then, um, then after that, you know, like asking permission to be able to play it in ceremony, cause it's a whole different game when you play it in ceremony than just, you know, there's a lot of people that play it contemporary, um, which is all good, but just want to be in alignment with all of that and to, you know, give back and to pay respects and acknowledgement for, um, for where we are and something that we do at the start of every ceremony. So wherever we go, we, we connect with, um, with people over there and we, you know, find out, you know, whose land we're on and, um, and, and chat and, and find the right way to, to acknowledge the land that we're sitting on and let you guys experience that when we're over in, in Chugan, mm. um, which is amazing and saying, you know, beautiful to be able to offer as well. And, um, but yeah, that's like one part of like the earth was another part is, you know, the, the earth can, can speak to us as well. And she can speak in frequencies. She can speak in um, like an unspoken language that you feel viscerally through your whole body. Um, and, you know, like a really basic part of that is just grounding and walking barefoot on the earth. And you're receiving the earth's energy when you're like sitting on the grass, when you're laying on the grass or you're work, walking on the dirt or even on the beach, you're receiving that, that earth frequency. And, and even that when, within itself is receiving some of the, um, some earth wisdom. And there's, there's these ways that you can create channels through the soles of your feet and create a channel through your body where you're receiving the, um, the wisdom of the earth as well. Um, and you're receiving the gifts, the knowledge, and everyone will receive it in a different way or form. And it's, um, yeah, a beautiful thing to, to be on. And, you know, the earth has these different gifts, these different medicines that we're able to receive. We're able to, you know, some of it we're able to ingest and through psychedelics as well. And, and the abilities of, of psychedelics that can help us really go within to go without and to um, heal these different parts of ourselves and, you know, we'll do, we've done a lot of study over in the Amazon jungle under like Shipibo lineage and a big part of their, their culture is through plant medicines. And a lot of people think it's just ayahuasca is the, the thing that, that heals everything. But mm -hmm. that's like only, you know, like in yoga, there's like eight um, or eight legs of yoga, like in Shipibo, yeah, the eight limbs, limbs. Call, that's yep. it, the limbs. Yeah. So <laughs> in, um, in, in Shipibo, there's like 
you know, ayahuasca is just like one limb. There's so many different aspects of that. And, um, and the plants and the trees I've done diets over there to learn, to heal. Um, and, you know, seen and received some incredible healing. Like my partner, um, Sammy, she had some really severe gluten intolerance and she dieted this, this tree called Satiko. And, um, after about, she died for about three weeks, but within a couple of days, she was like vomiting really, really like severely. All this stuff was just being brought up from the depths of her stomach. And um, when we left, she can eat gluten without any kind of flare ups. It's like incredible. And before that, couldn't touch anything that had, you know, gluten in it. Mm. And so, um, yeah, there's like earth wisdom in different plants and trees that we're able to, to work with and, and to heal with. And, um, yeah, I love going to the Amazon to learn and to discover more in that in that realm. That's probably one of the places I feel the most called to to um, to learn through, like plants and and the elements and and all of that. It literally sounds like that space on Earth for you sets your soul on fire. Yeah, lights your soul up. I could even say. yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> wow, so much beautiful wisdom, even just in the, that little amount of share that you just shared. But it's interesting, myself having studied ancestral health and studying Ayurveda, you know, talking about um, yoga and the eight limbs, something that they teach so well in Eastern medicine is that you are not just part of the planet, you are of the planet. It's something that I mm. say all the time when people say, oh, well, I need to go outside and just spend some time outside is that you're not just outside, you're actually on the earth, not just from the earth. And it's really important to, important, important to recognize that, um, you know, right now, let's talk about the topic of being in isolation and how this might be a great invitation for us to check in and settle and allow, you know, emotions and things to come up to be worked through but how is that going to act for us if we don't go outside because we're feared about going outside and we actually lose that earth connection. What are your thoughts on it? Because Mm -hmm. I know for me, and we spoke about this before we hit the record button, you know, you live quite close to the ocean. I live very close to the ocean too. Man, I go stir crazy if I don't swim or like just even hear the sound of the ocean or feel mm. the, the, the breath of the air hitting my face and that slight salt tinge. Um, but for those who aren't able to go outside, how is that going to impact them? What are some things that they could do? What are your views on it? Um, I feel like we're so in- intrinsically connected to everything and we're not bound by, by walls, even though like in this physical reality, we, it seems like that. Um, there's a couple of things that, you know, if you are, say like you're in an apartment and you can't get out, um, one would be, you know, listening to some earth frequencies that you can just get through binaural beats um, on YouTube um, and listen to the hertz. I think it's like 7.83 or something like that, which is like the, the earth frequency. And that, you know, is the, the frequency, the, like the Schumann resonance is what it's more commonly known as. Um, and listen to that with headphones and that will, you know, bring your frequency into resonance with the earth's frequency. Um, another one is just through me- a meditation and visualization and visualizing yourself on the earth, walking through the earth or swimming at the beach and using that visualization because you might not, it might seem a bit like out there, but you're able to, you know, travel when your eyes are closed and sometimes when your eyes are open, so I'll be able to transcend time and space when you go into these deep meditative states mm. um, if you are in a apartment block, like I'd highly suggest to, if you do have the chance, go out and get some house plants and using that. Um, have them all, delivered if you need to. Have them delivered, yeah, if you need to. Um, and there's also these grounding mats. I'm actually on one right now. Um, and I think you can just get them from like, if you type in like earthing mats or grounding mats, um, they just connect into... Um, they connect into like the wall socket, like the power board, power board, and they're just electricity, um, electricity, yeah, <laughs> and that like connects into the grounding rod, and that brings up the energy, and it just um can earth you as well at the same time, and um 
Because if I'm on the computer too much and I don't use this, like I get fried. Like if I'm on the computer too much or anything electronic, I just, yeah, my nervous system just goes bad. I just need that, need that time. Yeah. Yeah. Electrical wires fusing yeah. and blowing up. And get some um, sun, get some sun on you too. If you have the chance or the, the opportunity to get some sun. Take your arm out the window, yeah. have your face out the balcony. Yeah. Um, I think something else that's really important that you could do if you are in a balcony or a balcony in an apartment style setting is open all your blinds, like let the fresh air and the fresh mm. um, light in. It's really important. Something that my partner hates, I'll just say <laughs> this again, hates. He lives on a very big farm and, you know, always has the blinds down, the curtains closed. And I'm the opposite in ancestral health. They teach you regardless of how cold it is, you must sleep with all your windows open and you, you can cover yourself with more layers, but breathe the fresh air. It's one of the most important things. And I'll never forget when I was in America and it was the middle of winter and it was freaking snowing. I had the windows open and my partner at the time, who was a different partner, was just like, can we close the window? It's freaking freezing. I'm like, dude, wear whatever clothes you need to wear to bed. We're sleeping with the windows open. <laughs> And it was so invigorating, the, the coolness of the breath all night long, like even just feeling the coolness on your face, because obviously you don't cover your face, unless mm. you're like Amber, my bestie, who sleeps with a pillow over her head. <laughs> you're probably going to kill me that I mentioned that, but is like just the freshness is important. So right now, if you're isolating, regardless of where you are in the world, get, get as much nature outside into your internal environment. Um, and I'm going to pop some links in for those things that you mentioned mm. for those who don't know how to find them. Um, but they're such great points yeah. and it's interesting. I feel like you mentioned much earlier about deep suppression and a lot of shit coming up and people are facing a lot of stuff to work through. I've noticed this a lot with the women, um, that I work with one-on-one, -on -one. but Timmy, what have you noticed in the sense of people really allowing their suppressed shit to come up right now? And if someone's listening to this and they're feeling really uncertain, because we live in probably the most uncertain times. I can mm -hmm. see, are you writing notes about all the questions I'm asking? Because I'm asking so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that I really feel that people are so confused as to whether, and like you tell me if you, you agree, right? Do you feel that people are confused whether this is their emotion and stuff that they personally need to work on and deal with, or is it just everything that's going on in the environment and community, online, offline, things that you see, the fear that's put into us, that's making them uncertain. What do you, what do you think about just that question? Um, yeah, I think for a lot of people, they, they're feeling this happens a lot. I see this happen in spiritual communities and especially with empaths is um, that they think that what they're feeling is the collective and they'll just try and, you know, bypass it. And they're like, Oh, I'm just feeling the collective when really they might be feeling the collective, but it's just illuminating everything that they're already feeling. And I think if you are feeling a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, um, a lot of like shit coming up. The first thing is, and we're all going through it, right? It's not just one or two people. Like everyone is going through, we're not going through this alone. Globally too. It's globally. This shit's happening globally. So the first thing is to have awareness and to take a pause and to breathe and to connect deep with yourself. And, you know, a really powerful tool is to find a part in your body that, feel safe to you and to connect. If, if you're becoming really overwhelmed and really a lot of heightened senses, connect to a part that feels safe within yourself so that you know that no matter what's going on, there's still a part within you that, that feels safe and to connect into that. But you need to have awareness first. And if you're able to do some breathing, some grounded breathing to drop you deeper into your body and to, you know, settle your nervous system, bring you back into parasympathetic we can then start to look at where that's stemming from. But if you're still wound up and you're still heightened when you're trying to deal with shit that's coming up, you're going to be in survival mode. And when you're trying to survive, you're trying to save yourself. And if you're trying to save yourself, you will never be wrong. Mm -hmm. So you're always trying to be, you know, a little bit more ahead 
So if we're able to bring it's the like breath the, down. In the water. Exactly. Like try, people can't see me, exactly. but I'm like the person who thinks that they're drowning, you know, trying to save themselves out of the water. The <laughs> only person who can see me right now is Timmy. But like, you know, the sense where you feel like you're drowning in the pool and you're just like <sighs> trying to reach for the air. It's, yeah. you just need to stop doing that. Sorry, yeah. go on. Yeah. So yeah, the first one is, is to have awareness and use the breath to, to calm where you're at. And then we can start to, you know, acknowledge and accept that that is a part and we need to be able to acknowledge and accept all that is within us because we're all human. We're all having a human experience and we can't deny a certain emotion or a certain reaction, but bring love to it and then find within that moment, find what is the benefit of what you've been going through? Like what has it been serving? And then we can start to shift out of that. We can then action and create a new, a new path, a new, a new pathway through it. Um, but yeah, we're in, in a time where, where shadow work is, is becoming dominant for us all to go through and we're all in the thick of it and we need to be able to have the courage to go within, to, to see all that was in there. And sometimes these things we can't do by ourselves, and we need, we need people to hold us through it. We need people's guidance. And that's where, you know, people like yourself, where you work one-on-one with people can really, really serve people through these times. And, um, but I tell you what, if you do shadow work, your growth will fire up exponentially. It is such a quick route to, to growth is, is shadow work. And, um, the deeper that you go, the higher and the more expansive you become. You need to become uncomfortable. Sorry, you need to become comfortable in uncomfortability when you're doing your shadow work because it's going it. to feel uncomfortable. But if you can, yeah. I always say this to my clients that you need to get used to being the pig who just likes the fucking shitty mud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you see the pig, some of them are like, oh, I don't want to go in. Others just jump straight in. You have to be comfortable in like getting dirty. Yeah. Um, and you just made some amazing points about having awareness, taking a pause, breathing, finding a part of your body. Something I always find that helps is if you're out and you forget, just place your hand on your heart. Mm. I think that just automatically brings you back to remember that you're beating with your heart you can breathe if you forget to breathe you'll notice because your hand won't feel it um and going like benefit of going like understanding what it is that you're going through when you're supporting because i know you work really well with men right and that's one of your core things that you do there's a lot of women i know that who would be like man i wish i could get my partner to do this kind of work didn't Sammy just hit the jackpot having a male, but you know, beautiful partner who just has already done all all the work is still on the journey of doing the work as we all are. But for the women who maybe have already started this kind of work or embodying breathing practices and meditation and connecting with their souls and their consciousnesses, and then they have someone step into their life. What do you think is a really great way they could communicate this journey and how it might be important for them, but how they might also like to share it with their partner. Mm. I say the good, fir- is that a good question? Yeah, that's good. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll, I'll just pre-frame this by like myself and Sammy have been together for like seven or eight years. And um, when she met me, I was severely depressed and I was suicidal and I was, I was pretty fucked up and um, like not in a good space. And we're going through a lot of growth, a lot of evolution um, in our, in our time together. So, um, yeah, it's not like she met me and I was, I was like this. She was, there's hope everyone. She, she helped <laughs> with the catalyst. I was, um, yeah, I was a completely different person to now to who I was when she first met me. Um, but in saying that, if you are, if you are like wanting to get your partner to do any kind of work, don't make it out like you're trying to fix them. Like nobody likes to be fixed. Like, if your partner's trying to fix you, you'd put your walls up straight away. Um, and one thing that I was like hearing quite a lot for a while was, you know, where's all the, where's all the conscious men at? Where's all the men like pass, you know, like I'd, I'd, I'd run something and I'd get these messages and be like, Oh, send those men over this way and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And, and my first like kind of thoughts are just like, take yourself off that pedestal of thinking that, that you're, 
um, more righteous than the next person because you've done a little bit of work. And if you've done that much work that you think you're more conscious and you haven't actually done that much work at all. So most of the time, such a good point. Most of the, most of the men I work, work with, um, they all want to be better men. They want to be better husbands. They want to be better friends, want to be better fathers. And, you know, I've worked with men like from all ranges from, you know, really dangerous men to, you know, men that are multimillionaires and um, there's all the same thing. They just, they want to be loved and accepted for who they are. They, they're going through their shit and we can't force healing on anyone and we need to give people the, um, the dignity of their own process. And so one thing that Sammy done for me, that was absolutely amazing was she would always hold a higher vision of who I was when I was going through all my shit. And um, by her doing that energetically, that was allowing me to step into something greater than what I was currently being. And, you know, you can encourage stuff with your partner as well. And, you know, like both men and women need to have balanced masculine energies and balanced feminine energies. And, you know, if, if the feminine uh, like the female, you know, so it's talking heterosexual, heterosexual, so I can't speak. Heterosexual relationship, heterosexual, male yeah. and woman together. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the woman is, is sitting in her masculine and trying to like create leadership through that and trying to, you know, force their partner into doing work, the men is, the man is going to be, you know, forced into their feminine energy and um, their own masculine leadership qualities and their own ground and masculine energy isn't going to have the chance to kind of step up within that space. And if they do, you know, there's going to be a, um, a conflict of, um, of energies there and, you know, they might butt heads and all of that. So if you're wanting to do your part, if you want your partner to do the work, you know, you can suggest things, you can, you know, show them different accounts, you can um, invite them into different places and things like that, but don't, make them feel like they're any less than what they are because they're not doing the work. And, you know, I've met a lot of conscious men out there that aren't doing the work that are just doing them and they're just doing fine, but they're not like, they're not um, being celebrated as being conscious because they're not walking around that as like a badge of honor for themselves. But there's a lot of guys out there that are doing the work that just aren't, you know, looking like they are. And they're not egotistical about it. Yeah. Don't, they're not egotistical about it, but just, yeah my view is don't try and force your man into doing anything. Um, and you know, you can encourage them, but the biggest thing is to love and accept them for where they're at mm. and to know like they're okay for where they're at and put yourself in their position and in, in their shoes and, you know, have compassion and empathy. And if you were them, how would you want somebody to treat you or how would you want somebody to talk to you or how would you want somebody to get you into doing the work? You know, like if you're doing a lot of work yourself and you can stay grounded and you can come into your own softness, that's going to bring softness into the relationship. That's going to bring softness into your partner. If, you know, for most men, we've been taught, you know, boys don't cry. We've got to suppress our emotions. We've got to be strong and stoic and and keep a, a brave face with everything that's been going on. So like our default mechanism is to go to that when shit comes up. And if you're like trying to force that, then men are just going to become more and more contracted. But if you can become opening, and this is the beautiful thing in, um, in these relationships is that when women come in deeper into their feminine expression, they can really invite men into their, their own masculine leadership, their own masculine expression, their own masculine groundedness. And women have this amazing ability to really, to really guide men into the place of their own heart. But that doesn't come through projection. That comes into the, the, the immature part of, you know, the wounded feminine is that projection mm-hmm. of that. So. If this is such a good topic. <laughs> I'm just thinking about, thank you for sharing all that you just did. I'm thinking about, you know, masculine and feminine energies. Let's just say you're a male, I'm a female. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the fact, no shit, you're a male, no shit, I'm a female. Um, but, you know, just in case people can't see us and they don't realise that Tim's a boy and I'm a girl, yeah. is that um, quite often I see this in just simple forms. And I want to bring this back to like isolating at home with your partner because if it comes to choosing what you want for dinner, Right. And this is such a simple 
act that you do on a daily basis with a partner, especially if you live with them, it's daily. The, the masculine is the one who's going to make the decision. But if there's two masculines, you're going to both butt heads and one of you is going to want to lead. And I, I really feel that a lot of women today, and I see this in all of my work, is that if you're having any kind of challenge or experience that's unhealthy through your endocrine system, so thyroid, adrenals, um, room space, or your ovaries, it could be with fertility, it could be PMS, it could be PCOS, it could be endometriosis, it could be the glands in your brain, you could just be generally worn out, um, fibroids, all of that. It's a disconnection with your feminine. That's the energetic mm. response. And therefore, what does that mean? It means you're living in your masculine. Mm. And if you're trying, trying in inverted brackets, to have a masculine in your life, if it is a male and you are in a heterosexual relationship and have that man be able to support you and hold you up and be there for you and be that masculine, the only way he's ultimately going to be able to step into that beautiful shining light is if you can soften into your feminine. Mm-hmm. And it's a really hard thing for women, Tim. And I'm sure you've seen something along these lines with your experience with Sammy over your time t- together is that women feel like they have to be like the masculine, but don't mm. want it to be labeled as the masculine. Mm. So they're kind of like, well, I'm a leader. I can make money and I can make decisions. Whereas when you ultimately can just soften into that, it becomes this beautiful art. So back to the dinner example mm. is that if you are trying to ask me what I want for dinner, but I'm like, but babe, just choose for me. Like you do it. And I'm trying to soften. If there's two masculines that both have an idea, it's just going to end up in an argument because the energies aren't balanced and in flow. Mm. So it's important to, even in your slight day-to-day life, you'll be able to recognize who's living in their masculine, who's in their feminine. And I would like to say, Tim, that if a man is dropping into their feminine, support them by stepping into your masculine to allow them to surrender to themselves, even if it's just slightly. Yeah, feel that. Um, and if a, a woman, and I'm getting called to ask this question, but if a woman is, is experiencing a man soften because of I feel from my experience from what I've worked through with women is when men soften, it's generally around something they've had a lot of trauma over for a period of time. And so eventually they start softening into it. What's good for a woman to do in that time to be like, holy shit, he's softening. What do I do? What could they do to support the man whilst the man's softening in that moment? Yeah. Don't come into mother energy. Number one. Mm -hmm. Really Um, good. Yeah, don't come into mother energy because that will just, you know, if they're most men haven't gone through some sort of initiation, initiatory process. So there's a lot of um, boy mentality, there's a lot of boy energy that's still present within there. And the biggest thing for, um, you know, separates boy from man is, is, is a boy is still attached to his mother's tit and is that separation. And a, lot that. Of, <laughs> and a lot of, um, a lot of people, or not a lot of people, a lot of men can will project their, if they're still in that boy energy, will project their mother onto their partner. Same for women. If they're still a lot in that girl energy, they'll project their father onto their, onto their partner. Or what would their... that projection look like? Let's, let's just say if I was in my girl energy and I was projecting my father, what would that look like? My relationship with my father? Yeah. Depends on what your relationship with your father was like. Okay. Um, if your father suppressed you and all that kind of stuff and was told you what to do all the time, you know, and that could look like if your, your partner was to um, give us a, a suggestion on to do something, if you were still in that girl energy and you projected the father, you'd be like, well, you can't tell me what to do. You're not telling me what to do. Like, I know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. And the girl comes out. Uh-uh. Exactly. And yeah. it happened in girlfriend. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so supporting a man in that process is um, the beautiful thing about um, as these energies mature in us, you know, if your partner is coming into a um, softening into themselves or going into like an emotional experience, you can still be in that nurturing energy of, of the feminine, but you can still have that masculine container. So this sacred masculine is, is the container that which holds or contains the feminine. And that's not like you're suppressing or you're controlling the feminines, you know, there needs to be some sort of guidance for the, the feminine to flow. Otherwise it's just, like this wild thing that has no no direction. So if you're supporting a man in their process, 
just witness without judgment, right? This is part of the, of the masculine in its maturity is the ability to witness without judgment. So the, the masculine is the witness is a lot of the consciousness that's, that's around it. So witness and hold your partner without any kind of judgment. Don't try and fix or solve what they're going through, you know, and there's different processes that you can do. You know, you can ask them what they're feeling. You can make them feel safe, validate what they're going through to allow them to feel like they can fully express what they're doing. If they need to cry, allow them to cry and make them feel safe about crying. But what can happen when we see people in a process, this inner savior wants to come out and wants to kind of save them or, um, Wants, wants to stop what they're feeling. And this can happen because we've had our own feminine suppressed or we've suppressed our own feminine expression. So when we see somebody else going through it, we quickly want to stop what they're feeling or to fix what they're feeling so it doesn't become too much. Mm. These are such great points. And I'm sure a lot of the women who are listening to this being like, oh, I need to go get my journal and take notes. <laughs> <laughs> and I really hope that you're thinking that as you listen to this. Because um, I... Keep going. Oh yeah, as I said, the, the other thing is um, is masculine wounding isn't just in men; it's in in women as well. And when mm-hmm. we speak about feminine and masculine energies, a lot of people still get caught up thinking that men just go through masculine wounding and women just go through feminine wounding. Both sexes go through both, and you know, um, something you were saying before about um about women when the, when the man's stunned or when the women's wanting to soften and then they can't fully soften with, with their partner, they're not feeling safe because they've been wounded by this masculine energy before. So they don't feel safe to fully go into it. And so there's a process as well. Like we can't just expect our partner to always make us feel safe. We also need to be able to feel safe within our own process. Mm, and so we need to be able to um, do work around healing our masculine wounding and need to do work around healing our feminine wounding and then that can combine you know when you're in a relationship or when in a conscious relationship with someone and you're both going through a process and if if there's been distrust formed in a relationship from cheating or lying there needs to be something done to be able to create um, safety within the relationship again and that could look like myself saying what can I do to, to bring more trust or how can I feel, how can I make you feel more safe in this moment? Cause that can look so different to different people. And we need to be able to give the person that's going through what they're going through, what they need in that exact moment. And we need to take ourselves away from projecting what we think they need and then ask them what they actually need and then give them that because I might feel that you need a hug but what you actually need is space. Mm-hmm. So if I say, what do you need in this, in this moment? You will say, I need some space. And then I'll need to, you know, give you space. But if I'm just like, no, nah, no, nah, I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to give her a hug and exactly what you don't need. That's going to create more dissonance within the relationship. It's so interesting thinking about that for myself. I, my, my number one love languages are quality time and physical touch. But when I'm triggered, particularly with a partner, like with my partner, if I'm triggered, I want space to be able to think and feel to allow it to all come up. But then if I'm struggling to have it come up, I then need to be held and nurtured so that I can just allow it all to come up emotionally through tears Mm. and wailing. Yes. Everyone cries and wails, including me. Um, but it's such an interesting point, like learning about how to create safety in your relationships in moment to moment. And I just made a note that it's important that when stuff's coming up, so when I see stuff in my partner or I have stuff that's coming up, it's not a reflection of me or them. Mm. It's a reflection of myself if it's my stuff. And that could be, is this wrong in saying this? It's, it could be from the past. It could be from past lives lives it could be from like past soul experiences but it's not to be like oh the relationship is shit between us because this emotion came up or i got triggered by this Mm. so as you said witness without judgment it's important to just not judge them for how they're feeling and allow them to feel how they feel just as they would for you yeah exactly yeah 
oh man, we've talked about so much stuff. Um, <laughs> I have so many other questions I want to ask, but we are pretty much out of time. So I will ask you a final question. When um, we have women on the show, I always ask them, what are three things you wish that your younger menstruating self knew about menstruation, right? Now, because you don't menstruate, I'm not going to ask you that question. So don't worry. Instead, I'm going to ask you, what is something you wish you knew as a younger male or oh, man good question. that you now know about women menstruating that you wish you knew then? Now, it could be any time. It could be when you were 14, when you were 15, when you were 20, when you were 25. But what do you wish someone had have told you three things about women menstruating that you now know? Mm. It was crazy. Me and Sammy were talking about this. Like when we were in high school, we were told like, don't ever talk about a lady's period. Don't ever talk about a girl's period. Don't even bring that into conversation. Like it's a no go. Don't zone. go there girlfriend. Yeah. You get your head bitten off. And it's like so many guys have been taught this. And then, so like, you know, we get into these relationships and we have no fucking idea about like what our partners are going through. And like one, I wish I knew more back then was more about more deeply about the cycle about, you know, times of ovulation and, um, the, the actual, like what happens like on a day to day. Um, that's been, you know, really beneficial understanding that and, you know, the hormonal changes that can happen within those times when you're needing to give more nurturing, um, you know, like, when Sammy goes into her, her moon, like the other day we like made this beautiful like flower bath for her and put some crystals there. And so she could just go, go get nurtured for a bit and just go soak up some love. And, um, you know, about the hormonal changes and, and what the, what is needed in that relationship, what is needed right then and there. And, um, you know, each lady is going to have a different period. Um, and it's, you know, knowing what your partner needs as well and there was some um amazing work from john gray who wrote men are from mars women from venus mm-hmm. venus and he's i can't remember what his latest book is called but you know he took goes into um you know it's about the cycle then as well and yeah yeah i think all boys and girls should both equally learn about this at school and it's just as important because there's a lot of men who feel ill-equipped, like they just don't know. And I think that a lot of men would understand conception and conceiving better if they understood a woman's cycle. That's a topic for a whole nother podcast. Uh, I feel feel that, that, yeah. (laughs) Understanding the cycle and knowing about um, conceiving as well. And like when women are fertile, when they're not fertile, um, all of that. Even your sperm health, like how yeah. long your sperm can live in, inside a woman if yeah. you ejaculate inside a woman. Yeah. Okay. We have to talk about this. All of that. All of that. All of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's needs to be spoken about. It needs to be taught to, to kids, to teenagers, to, to everyone, even to men as well. And to mm-hmm. know dads, all that. Fathers, dads. dads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, um, yeah. It needs to yeah. be. I'm working on it. All right. Yeah. Timmy, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Before we You're wrap welcome, up. Timmy. Um, how can our listeners find you? If they're like, I want to hear this beautiful music that you play, send it to me. How can they find you? Um, I'm most active on Instagram and my Instagram account is Tim Morrison, two underscores. And we're bringing these soul flight ceremonies online. So the first one's this weekend, but, um, I think we could probably run them fortnightly or, um, or monthly. Not too sure we're going to be doing yet, but we've done that globally. So like people from all over can be tuning in to, to it and to receive it. So we um, just invested in this like awesome equipment that can bring through really high quality sound. Um, so if you're wanting the sound at the moment, it's just through that. And yeah, in the process of recording things at the moment. So there will be some stuff that you can buy and listen to. Music to come. Um, music to come and it's a ceremony CD as well or ceremony album. So then you can, you know, have a cacao and you can journey with that or you can do some breath work and journey with that or, you know, 
just meditate, do whatever you want with it. I'm so excited for that to come out. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> I was like, I was telling my, my partner, he's like, what's that cacao? Like, you're just going to drink hot chocolate. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're just going to drink hot chocolate. That's oh, what we're doing. I love it. I, I get I get people come in and they just, they message me, they ask about it and they, they come and they chat, chat to me afterwards. And they're just like, what the fuck was that? Like, what did I just experience? They just like can't put words to what they've just what they just experienced and mm. um yeah yeah it's 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 bizarre and definitely jump on to timmy's instagram and check out some of his music um it's beautiful and you're gonna love it so i'll pop all those links in the show notes guys so you can check it out but tim thanks so much for joining us and sharing all of your beautiful thanks. wisdom today your earth wisdom your heart wisdom your soul wisdom all the thanks, wisdom Gemma. um i've loved it so thank you so much much love thank you thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the well women podcast I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together we can all live in flow, harmony and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.